Grace, peace, and mercy be to you in the name of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This evening, we together receive the call to worship from the book of 1 Chronicles. 1 Chronicles, chapter 16, verses 28 to 32. This is God's word. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice and let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Amen. Please now take up your hymnals as we join in singing hymn number 269, Glorious Things of Thee Are Spoken. 269, if you're able, please stand to sing.
please turn forward in your hymnals to number 507, Take Up Thy Cross, The Savior Said. 507. Having sung to our great God with great voice this evening, what an encouragement it is for God's people to sing together and indeed glorious things of him are spoken. And so let us now come before our great God and let's pray and cry on to him. Let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. As we come into your holy presence this evening, Lord, we come in fear and trembling. 
For this very hour we come before a holy God. A God who we've sung about that indeed glorious things of you are spoken. You are our great God. You are the God of days past, this very evening hour, and the God of what is to come. You are one who never wavers, one who never slumbers, one who delights in his children. And Lord, this evening we come humbly before your holy throne. We ask, O Lord, that you would meet with us this evening hour. We know, O Lord, the distractions of this day and even perhaps thinking of the working week tomorrow can come in and distract our thoughts. Lord, this evening we ask that we would focus our minds upon you and your word. Even as we've just sung, indeed you are that streams of living water. Where else this evening are can we turn but to you? You are a God of steadfast love, a a God whose love never wavers. You indeed are a loving God. You're a God of grace, a grace which never fails or changes. And tonight we come and we glory in you and in you alone. But, O Lord, as we think upon those things, we think of how sinful and how wicked at times we can be when we glory in our name and in us. How often, O Lord, we are so entangled upon our own thoughts and our own whims and fancies. And at times, O Lord, we put ourselves equal with you. Tonight we come and we confess. We ask, Lord, forgive us for these things. Forgive us at times when our pride is so arrogant at times when we live our lives like it's only us and no one else matters and we think we can do no wrong. Lord, we ask that you would in these days remind us of who you are and who we are. Mere dust of this earth. Lord, forgive us at times when we have those bursts of anger and things flow from our mouths that should not even what we will think about in a few minutes from Psalm 119. Lord, in these days, help us with our speech. Help us to guard our mouths in these days. Help us to use, as what James said, those different avenues of teeth and of lips. And even at times, O Lord, help us to put our hand over our mouth. Forgive us, O Lord, when we have cut others down with our speech and wounded them. Lord, we ask that you would forgive us. We pray again this evening that you would help us with your word. Lord, tonight we conclude our studies in Psalm 119 and time and time again the psalmist has reminded us of How wonderful your word is. And yet, O Lord, there are days when we do not read it. There are days when perhaps when we do and we merely skim it. There are days that we tick a box to say that we have accomplished it, Lord. 
Forgive us for these times. Help us as God's people in this place to be known as men and women of your word. Help us to take these things seriously. Help us to see them indeed as life and death situations. Lord, may your word be that tonic to our soul in these days. And forgive us when we look to the things of this world to replace it. Lord, revive us this very hour. Help us to put your word first and foremost before our path each and every day that we would read your word and be guided from it. And Lord, when we think upon your word, it reminds us that if we confess our sins, that you are faithful and just to forgive us from our sins. Lord, help us to not take sin lightly in these days. Help us to get to the very root of the matter. Not merely cut it off at the surface, but Lord, help us with that scalpel to dig deep and remove those things that are sinful against your word and against you. Lord, this evening we come with great adoration for what your Son has done for us, that indeed he clothes us in his righteousness, and we come not in and of ourselves this evening, but through him and through that work that we have read or even sung about upon Calvary, that cross, Lord. Help us in these days as men and women to take it up, to be faithful, and to tell others of Christ. Lord, this evening we come with thankfulness for those who even have returned to us, those who have been gone for a number of months, and we pray for our brother Wesley tonight. We are so pleased and relieved that he is home with us again. We thank you for our brother. We pray that you would be with him even as he gets back into the normal routine of life. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would even encourage his heart as he leads his Dear wife and his child, O Lord, that you would help him and that family unit in these days, even for being gone for so long, Lord. We pray that they would have times together as a family unit. And we pray, O Lord, that you would be with our brother as he is back with us. We thank you even for the rain that you sent these past couple of days. Lord, forgive us for even grumbling and complaining. We live in a land and in a state that needs much rain and you're a God who answers our prayers. You sent it. And Lord, help us to be thankful for this. And even today, when we were all gathered downstairs and we communed and ate together and what an abundance of food there was before us, Lord, we give you thanks for these things. For the food, for the fellowship, for the, the time of encouragement that we have. Lord, help us never take these things for granted. And tonight we pray for those congregations who are sadly unable to meet this day due to the weather and the circumstances that have come across their path. Tonight we pray for Hope Baptist up in Oregon. We do pray for Pastor Bob Hegbegger that you would be near him, that you would help him in these days, that you would encourage our brother as he leads that congregation even today as they are prohibited from meeting due to heavy snow and ice and everything that goes with it, Lord, we pray that you would be near that congregation. 
We pray for them in these days, even with that dear family that lost a young child. Lord, we pray that you would be near to all of them, even as a a smaller church and they all feel that pain. Lord, we ask that you would encourage them. We pray for those men, O Lord, that you are raising up for elders and deacons, that you would make it plain to the church in these days. And that soon, O Lord, even here we would rejoice to know that more men have been added to those offices and that church indeed is growing and building. Lord, we even pray for their circumstances, meeting in that gymnasium and the, the tearing or the putting up and the tearing down each day, O Lord, and yet they do not grumble and complain. Lord, we ask that you would even encourage them in this. Be near to that fellowship in these days and raise up more men and bring more visitors amongst them to hear the good news of Christ. And Lord, we pray for our own gathering here. Again tonight, we pray for little Charlotte. Lord, we pray for this little one, even this past week with the, the ups and, O oh Lord, the many downs. We pray, O oh Lord, that you would be with that medical staff there at Stanford. Lord, give them much wisdom. Help them in these days even to agree on the things that need to be done. Help them to navigate different paths. Help them even to listen at times to Mark and Nicole and the instructions that they have, having gone through this for many, many months. Lord, we pray, be near that circumstance in these days. We pray, O Lord, that soon a heart would be available. We pray soon that we would rejoice that this little one has gone through that transplant and everything is well. But until that time and even past it, Lord, help us to be praying much for this dear family. We can get caught up in our own lives and our own circumstances and yet they remain, as it were, in the midst of that storm and in that trial. And so we pray that you would be that much comfort to them. Even what we'll read in a few moments in Psalm 86, that indeed your steadfast love never fails. Lord, remind them. Remind those who help them, even us as a church body, that indeed you are a good and a faithful God. We pray you would be near Mark and Nicole and encourage them. Even give them physical strength in these days with the much driving and going back and forth in the late nights and early mornings. Lord, we pray, give them even tonight much rest and sleep. Lord, we even pray for little knocks that you would have them to sleep through the whole night. That that family, O Lord, tomorrow would wake refreshed, ready as it were for another day, knowing that you indeed are a good God and a faithful God. Lord, we pray for us as a church body here, even in this year that is to come with the different moving and shuffling that will take place, O Lord, we pray that we would be united together as a body here. Encourage us in these things in these days. Lord, as it were, help us to keep short accounts with one another. Help us to encourage one another in this Christian way. And even as we thought this morning, that perseverance of the saints, Lord, help us to gather here as the corporate body, week in and week out, and not merely go through the formalities, O Lord, but to come here with anticipation, ready to hear from a living God. Lord, help us in these days. 
Give us direction and guidance. Give us much wisdom that can only come from you. And may all that is said and done, both this evening hour and in the weeks and months to come, may it be done to your glory and to your honor. For we ask these things in and through Christ's precious name. Amen. Amen. Please turn your Bibles this evening to our consecutive readings of Psalm 86. Psalm 86, a prayer of David. Let us stand and let's read together God's holy word. Psalm 86, reading together the whole psalm. Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my life, for I am godly. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for to you do I cry all the day. Gladden the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer. Listen to my plea for grace. In the day of my trouble, I call upon you, for you answer me. There is none like you among the gods, O Lord, there are, nor are there any works like yours. All the nations you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I give thanks to you, O Lord, my God, with my whole heart, and I will glorify your name forever. For great is your steadfast love toward me. You have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. O God, insolent men have risen up against me. A band of ruthless men seeks my life. And they do not set you before them. But you... O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Turn to me and be gracious to me. Give your strength to your servant and save the son of your maidservant. Show me a sign of, of your favor that those who hate me may see and be put to shame, because you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. Amen. This says God's holy word. Please be seated. Please turn with me for the final time in this series to Psalm 119. 
Psalm 119. Back in July of 2022, I never thought I'd see this day. But here we are reading the last stanza of the longest chapter in the Bible. Psalm 119 has been a tonic to my soul. I don't think in 39 or 40 years, that's how old I am, I've ever read and loved God's word as much. We have a good God. A God who sustains, a God who we loved, or a God who we've said whose steadfast love continues. And in this psalm this evening, as we wrap everything up, we see the love of our great God. And so turn with me to Psalm 119 and let's read together those last eight verses. Verses 169 through 176. Again, give careful attention. This is the word of our living God. Let my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. Let my plea come before you. Deliver me according to your word. My lips will pour forth praise. For you teach me your statutes. My tongue will sing of your word, for all your commandments are right. Let your hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. Let my soul live and praise you, and let your rules help me. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. Amen. The psalmist has now come to his last and concluding stanza. Each letter of the Hebrew alphabet he has sung, and just like me, he has sobbed. And he sobbed his way through each of these different stanzas. Again and again, his tears have been wiped away as he turns his eyes towards a treasure. That great treasure of God's holy word. That word through these 176 verses have established him. They have strengthened him. They have transformed him. But even up to the very last verse, he needs more. What does he need more of? He needs more of God and more of God's word. In this section, the psalmist closes the psalm by emphasizing his commitments, and his remembrance of God's Word. And in this final section tonight that we will study, in a sense, the psalmist, as it were, sums up the whole verses that go before. Here, again, 
he meditates upon the word of God. And it comes from one who knows what it's like to go astray. One who knows what it's like to come back home again. And one, even through the other 175 verses, knows that he cannot do this himself. The psalmist in the last verse reminds us of something that I need to tell you now. You cannot and you will not be able to accomplish what the previous 175 verses are on your own. I ask you, how is your Bible plan study going? I ask you, how is your reading of the Word of God going on this day in January? And we may be all excited and we may be all rambunctious that it's a new year. It's a great start. It's a time, as it were, to go in and clean out the cobwebs and start reading again. But brothers and sisters, for the last time in this psalm, I urge you, know your God. Know your God. And then know the word of God. We cannot begin to delve into these things on our own. Because the psalmist rightly again reminds us that we need him. We do not need each other, so to speak. But we need him to enable and help us. Like I said, this 119th Psalm is a tonic to our soul. It's a reminder, as it were, right slap bang in the middle, as it were, of our Bibles, that we need the Word of God in these days. We need to be reminded of who God is. And then, as we're about to see tonight, we need to come to that God. The psalmist called on God to hear his prayer and to deliver him. He prays God for his word. He pleads with God to enable him to live that life according to his word. And the psalmist concludes this lengthy psalm by confessing that he had gone astray like that lost sheep. And he's asking God to rescue him by his word. It's no coincidence that the psalmist here reminds us, as I said in, when I preached that sermon not that long ago on Christmas about sheep. The theme of God as the shepherd of his people surely is one of the richest in all of the Bible. Psalm 23, the good shepherd. Ezekiel 34, God promises people, I will establish over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will shepherd them in verse 20, 23. And then Micah. Micah 5 continues that theme and informs us that this future shepherd will come from Bethlehem. 
John 10 reveals to us that indeed Christ, the Son of God, is the Good Shepherd. And it's the Good Shepherd who fulfills all these prophetic promises. And in this stanza tonight, the shepherd imagery is subtle but clearly present as the psalmist here, as it were, for the final time, pours out his heart in prayer to God. He feels as he gets to the very end, he feels like that wandering sheep. He feels like that one who, as it were, has lost his way. What is his hope? The good shepherd. The one who will come and rescue him like that loving shepherd. Tonight, are you verse 176? I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant. Tonight, do you feel like that sheep wandering far away? Someone who has lost their way. Then I urge you, listen, read, meditate, mutter, and see these verses that seek the one who is that great shepherd. Tonight I want to open up these verses under three headings. Lord, hear me. Lord, help me. Lord, hunt me. Hear, help, hunt. Three H's. Verse 169 begins, Let my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. Have you ever, as a parent, had a child come up to you? Perhaps you're coercing or you're talking with another adult and you feel this hand tapping. And you feel the hand tapping. And you feel the hand tapping. And then suddenly you hear, Mummy, Mummy, Mummy. And the child is seeking attention. The child is seeking the contact with the parent. Sometimes in our house, I know that we can, what, what's going on? And we wonder what's happening. But here the psalmist, as it were, is coming before God and he's crying and crying and crying. He wants his prayers to come into the very presence of God. When we read that, let my cry come before you, O Lord, this is not some half-hearted prayer. The psalmist approaches the end of the psalm, and as it were, the petitions get greater. The force builds. And it's as if he wants to scream with all that he has. God, give me understanding according to your word. The psalmist doesn't come in here, as it were, all sure of himself. He doesn't come in here all arrogant and thinking, well, God, he needs to listen to me because I've got so much good to say to him. No. 
He comes here, as it were, with a cry of desperation. He comes here with humility. He comes here seeking help. His prayers increase. His fervency grows and he cries before God, Give me understanding. Not please may I have some. Not well if it's okay could I get it. No, give me it. I urge you to help me. The psalmist views his need of understanding the word. He knows that spiritual understanding, particularly of the word, is man's great need. And so he prays here with fervency. He asks God to help him. He doesn't do these things in and of himself. How often we read God's word. And we make God's word fit our situation. How often we read it and we think, well, that's a verse for me. We need to read God's word in context, slowly, methodically, and muttering it. That we would understand what God is saying in his word. As I came to prepare this sermon tonight, I did so on the shoulders of mighty men, men of old, men who I feel like I've got to know so well in the last 22 sermons that have come together, Thomas Manton, Charles Spurgeon, and many, many more. Brothers and sisters, we need to read God's word. We need to read good men who have brought things from God's word that if when I read this, there's things I didn't get. We need to open up the word and not read it for ourselves, as it were, to fit in our mold. No, we need to be like that clay molded by God. Because the psalmist here, it goes on to say, let my plea, he's crying, now he's pleading, let my plea come before you, deliver me according to your word. Before God, let my cry come before you, let my plea come before you. Again, he asked that his supplication or his petition come before an almighty God. It did him no good to pray for understanding if God would not hear his prayer. Deliver me. Deliver me, he says. Deliver me according to your word. Living in the UK, I used to love watching David Attenborough. If you don't know who he is, you can go on YouTube. He loves to do wildlife shows. 
And he has one of the best voices in all of the world. I wish he would read some good audiobooks that I could listen to. But there are many, many scenes when we see those poor, innocent animals being attacked by those ferocious animals. And the man had such a way with words that you felt like you were all actually in the mouth of that predator that had come. Many times he would say, oh, I hope it got rescued. If you are found in Christ this evening, you have been rescued. Rescued from that predator called sin. You have been delivered. You have been set free. You have been rescued according to the word of God that told us in Genesis 3, 15, that he would send his son. And here you sit, delivered. We know that the psalmist faced many, many enemies. The proud, the oppressor, those who sought to kill him. But yet he didn't pray for deliverance first. No, what did he pray for? Understanding. Understanding of God may not always secure deliverance, but it facilitates our gratitude for it. The psalmist in Gain implies that God's word will rescue him. The psalmist here pleads for deliverance based on God's word for him, for his well-being. Spurgeon rightly says that the Lord, in answer to cry and plea praying, frequently delivers his children by making them wise as serpents and well as harmless as doves. I ask you this evening, brothers and sisters, how is your prayer life? How is my prayer life? Are we known as men and women of prayer? Do we even pray? Do we know what to pray? There are times when we go into our private closets that our minds are so amush. And at times we don't know what to pray for, how to pray. Pray the word. Pray the promises of God. Remind yourselves of these things. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Yearning. Know your God. Know the one that you come to. Know the one who hears your prayers. When last did we ever cry? Not physically, but cry with such emotions. When did we last pray with pleading in our minds and in our hearts? 
God would give us understanding. And God would deliver us if he so chooses. Because when we pray like that, look what happens. The psalmist cry and his plea, his lips now pour forth praise. One seventy one says, Pour forth praise. One seventy two says, Sing of your word. The two in practice should never, as it were, be separated. Lips praising, tongue singing. My lips pour forth praise. There is that excitement and enthusiasm in his praise as he contemplates that God will teach him his statutes. Lips parallels tongue. Praise parallels singing. Statutes parallel promise. And with all these parallels, the the psalmist emphasizes the truth that God's commands are righteous. This truth, at least in part, moved him to praise and to sing to the Lord. When last did we read in our private devotions the word of God and, as it were, burst forth into song? Spurgeon says once more, when a man has so high an opinion of God, God's word, God's commands, it is little wonder that his lips should be ready to extol the ever-glorious one. God, God's words and his commands should make our lips praise Our tongue sing because of who he is. We often sing that song to our children. Oh, be careful, little lips, what you say. I know we do what we did in our house. But how often as adults we do not hold ourselves to that same standard. Are we, as God's people, using our lips to praise God? Are we using our lips to build one another up? Are we using our lips to ask God to help us, to ask Him to teach us His statutes? Are we using our lips, as it were, to puff ourselves up, to make ourselves proud, to wound those who are around us? Brothers and sisters, in these days, be careful, little lips, what you say. Be careful what your tongue will say. shouldn't be to pull others down. 
It should be to praise. It should be to sing. It should be to worship our great God. I encourage you this evening, you are a singing bunch of people. There are times when I stand in that row and there are times when I sing a little bit lower than normal. Why? Because the voices of God's people encourage our hearts. I encourage you this evening, sing. Sing to God. Sing praises worthy of his name. Be a singing people. Pray, read, sing. We're on till our second point. Lord, help me. And I hope he does because time is marching on. The psalmist here then goes on in verses 173, 174, and 175 to ask God to help him. You see, knowing God's word and God's precepts, he knows that indeed God is a God of action. That hand that he talks about there, let your hand be ready to help me remember who this is. It's a man reading the first five books of the Bible. He doesn't have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He doesn't have Acts and next is Romans children that we sung this morning. No, he has the beginning of your Bible. And here in his mind, when he thinks upon that hand to be ready to help, what do you think he thinks of? If you're in an all-age Sunday school, I'd ask that question to see what you would come up with. I would hope some of you would remember Exodus 14 and 15. When we see God's hand opening that Red Sea, when we see God's people walking through on dry land, when we read that song of Moses later on that speaks of the right hand of a good and glorious God. That is what David is thinking upon. And here he's thinking upon his enemies who are coming after him. And what does he do? He doesn't bury his head in the sand. He doesn't run away, as it were, far off, nowhere to be found. No, he stops and he says, God, let your hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. David didn't trust in chariots, nor did he trust in horses. No, he trusted in an all-powerful, all-living, all-holy God. Do you this evening? 2024. Many have, as it were, put a huge question mark above it. What will happen? What's going to happen to us? What's, what's happening to the world? God. God is good. Even when we do not know and we do not have a clue what's going on, remember your God. Just as David did here in his time of need, he remembered the right hand and the right arm of God who rescued his people. You are his people. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Is God good for his promises? Yes. 
Him that honoreth me, I will honor. Do we honor God as we should? I fear in the days that we live in that many churches do nothing of these things. We need to be faithful to God and to God's word. Remembering his precepts. Remembering his word. Remembering his commands. Remembering who God is. The psalmist goes on to say there, I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. James Montgomery Boyce writes, God's deliverance from sin, from its penalty, its power and its presence, from the evil influences and outlook of the world, and perhaps even from the power of the devil. We can do nothing to deliver ourselves So we need to ask God for salvation, which is exactly what the psalmist does. End quote. Brothers and sisters, our faith does it not flourish when we are in the Word. When the Word indeed is our delight and our tonic to our soul. The psalmist here delighted in it. When last was God's word our delight? The psalmist delighted in the very words of a living God. Words that we read at times and we just push on through. I urge you, slow down. Read the word carefully. Meditate and mutter upon these things. Let the word of God permeate into your life and may it be that it flows out as you talk to others. Why? Because the psalmist says, let my soul live and praise you and let your rules help me. Are you living for God this evening? Let my soul live and praise you. What do you live for? For that which you live for is that which you will die for. What do you live for this evening? We need to live, as the psalmist says, to praise God. Above all else that this world can offer as God's saints. As Pastor Jeff rightly told us this morning, persevering on. What does that look like? Living and praising God. Walking a life that is worthy of the calling of which we have been called. Are we doing what God's word tells us? Look what he says. Let my soul live and praise you and let your rules help me. 
They're not there to beat. They're not there to drive you, as it were, into the ground and in pure desperation. God's word is there to help you. Brothers and sisters, let us not fall into the trap that this world has. That this is it. That this is all there is. So you better make the most of it while you're here. You better make the most of God's word. To whom much is given, much will be required. We live in a land with so much. We even have so many books that we put them in boxes. We rent storage facilities because we have so much. We have Bibles coming out of our ears. We have sermon audio that we can listen to hundreds and thousands of sermons. To whom much is given, much will be required. We are accountable each and every time we come before a holy God. We are accountable for every moment of our lives. What we say, what we do, what we think. Do we live like that? Do we live lives that are, that are living for God? Or are we just gathering up stuff where moth and rust will destroy? You young people this evening, you heard it this morning from your teachers downstairs about who God is, that he is not to be mocked, that his name is not to be taken in vain, that when we worship him, we are to do so with awe and adoration. God is a good God. He is a God worthy of praise. He is a God when we open his word that we should look at it as a blessing. Christmas morning wasn't that far away. You opened your presents and you ripped open that paper and you were like, look what I got. You were so excited. It should be like that when you read God's word. And even more than that. This is the best Christmas present you could ever get. I urge you to read it. To meditate upon it. To live your life by it and to praise God through it. That his rules indeed would help us. Thirdly and finally. Lord, hunt me. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant for I do not forget your commandments. Psalm 23, 2 through 3, David says of the good shepherds, Good shepherd, he lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He renews my soul. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. I wander like a lost sheep. Psalmist, as it were, is bearing his soul to those who will read. He is not hiding these things. 
He is being honest and saying, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. I have written for 175 verses on many things. And yet, alas, God keeps me. I wander astray like a lost sheep, just like Pilgrim. Put his foot, as it were, over that sty and walked off into Bypath Meadows. This evening, if you're wayward, return. This evening, if you're living in sin and you knew it before, a holy God, seek him. Run to him. Today I've been a little blue. Why? Because I knew we would get to this verse tonight. There are some of you who are not merely wandering away, you're running. And you have no time for the good shepherd. Repent and believe. Repent and believe. You've heard the gospel message this morning. Many of you. And you've heard it again tonight. What will you do with it? I may not see tomorrow. This could be the last time I ever get to preach to you. Maybe the last time I see your eyeballs. I pray it's not, but you do not know what a day will bring forth. My heart's desire is to see all of you in heaven. But I cannot save you. I can only tell you of the good shepherd the good shepherd who leaves the 99 and goes after the one, the sum of the ones who you are this evening. There are people in our families who know not Christ. We need, as it were, to go after them. To not fear what man will do but to tell them and to warn them of hell and all of eternity that comes with it. For some of you, you will say you believe in Christ and yet you wander far from him. Tonight I urge you, seek him. Seek him while he may be found. Some of you have sat downstairs in Sunday school. And this evening, arrogantly and proudly, you sit here and think you know it all. Head knowledge does not get you to heaven. Only a relationship with this good shepherd does. And so you may know all of your catechisms. 
You may be able to memorize Scripture better than even I can. That doesn't get you to heaven. Only saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ does. The psalmist says, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. In two weeks, we will open up the Ten Commandments. We will see what David is talking about here, or the psalmist, whoever it may be, is talking about. And it was my aim to read them, but time would not permit this evening. Go home tonight and read Exodus 20 and read together those first 17 verses and see Does it help you? Is it a delight? Is it a tonic to your soul that the psalmist here says? And so in closing, I encourage you to read 176 verses together. Meet at a coffee shop. Read it. Study it. Tonight when you go home, spend time in God's wonderful amazing treasure of his word because the psalmist even through his extensive prayer meditation he has seen that the statutes and the precepts and the judgments and the the commands and the laws of God have been all that the psalmist desired It is the eternal self-revelation of the living God by his word that the psalmist has received truth. He has received salvation. He has received righteousness, justice, and peace. These are words of the covenant. These are expressed gifts of Yahweh, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And these, brothers and sisters, are yours this evening if you are found in him. The psalmist and us can be made secure. We're shown how to walk, how to defend from our enemies, how to prepare for eternal life. The importance of God's word cannot be stressed enough. If you ever come in here and the word is not opened, And it is not expounded or read. Whoever is standing here, throw them out those doors. These things today are serious. Because God's word reveals the very nature of God as the God who speaks. People will say, I hear the voice from God. It's not the word that's written here. It's not the word of God. And through his word, he has shown us that he is personal and that he has a desire to have that relationship with us. His steadfast love never fails. The psalm shows us how to live our lives, how to love others. And how are we to do this? How are we to read these 176 verses and in fact all of scripture? 
It's with humility. We are not to be among the proud who declare their independence from God. The psalmist, in almost every single verse, study it for yourself, talks of God. Those proud and arrogant people believe that their own words will be the final authority. It will not. It will be God's because their end will be destruction. But the person who comes to know the God of this word, it's his words that speak forever. Dear saints, as we leave this evening, love the word. Be people of the word. Read the word. Meditate the word. Spew the word back on others. And know indeed who God is. Let my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. Let my plea come before you. Deliver me according to your word. My lips will pour forth praise For you teach me your statutes. My tongue will sing of your word. For all your commandments are right. Let your hand be ready to help me. For I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, O Lord. And your law is my delight. Let my soul live and praise you. And let your rules help me. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant. For I do not forget your commandments. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come into your holy presence needing your help. and Lord, we come before you and we have failed so many times to read your word, to seek men to help us to understand it, to live our lives according to it. Lord, we pray in these days that we would live lives that are pleasing to you and to you alone. Lord, even tonight, perhaps some have walked astray. We pray, O Lord, that you would bring them back. Even for those who have sat in those seats for years, and even some who are sitting here tonight who have been brought up in the church and yet know you not. Lord, we urge you that you would send salvation that you would save souls this very evening are. May it be that those that know you not would find no rest until they find that great rest, and that is you. Lord, we pray for those of us who are believers that you would encourage our hearts in these days from your word. Lord, may it be that treasure to us. 
May we love to be reading it. May we love to be telling others of it. And even in these days, may we grow to know more of indeed just who you are. Lord, may it be that our lips would praise you. May it be that our tongue would sing to you, our great God. And may it be that we would live our lives to your glory and to your honor. For we ask these things in and through Christ's precious name. Amen. Concluding our service this evening, let us take together and sing hymn 410. Hymn 410, take me, O my Father, take me, take me, save me through thy Son, that which thou wouldst have, have me make me, let thy will in me be done. We are singing this to a familiar tune of tune 505, but let us stand and sing to God's praise our final evening hymn 410. People of God, receive the Lord's blessing from his holy word. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. Go in the Lord's mercy and grace.